Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I do think this is one of the advantages of the pandemic is that we cannot unsee what we've seen right into people's homes and into people's lives and into people's struggles to a significantly greater extent. And while that's certainly been painful, um, I do think it has created a space uh, for employers, individuals, communities, step into and to try and solve for. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I'm a legendary leader in healing, claimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. Today I have on Joan McGrail. This episode, go grab your journals. It is one, it's like a documentary, right? It's like a storytelling of its best. It's Joan was 98% sure that she wasn't going to go into the Grand Canyon with me. She literally had made plans to escape and then decided at the last second, nope, I'm going to do this. This is a story about overcoming your fear, stepping into those pieces of resistance within us and allowing them to unfold into our greatest opportunities. I'm very serious. Go grab your journals, share this with your friends, ripple it into the world. By the way, call to action. Go wherever you listen to this, uh, whichever platform you listen to this podcast on, rate and review. We are working really hard to get this into the world, to ripple it for others. And we need you in order to make that happen. So if you could please do that, share it in your socials, tag me. I will reshare. That would be amazing. And then also, we only have a few retreats coming up. And by the way, the Grand Canyon, I did receive an email. They are going to start work on the water system there. So it will. we will not be able to get any reservations, I believe, until 2027. So we have one retreat in June, June 4th through the 8th. If this interests you, it's co-ed. It includes coaching prior to and post-retreat. This Retreat is by far and none the signature retreat that has changed, transformed so many lives because of the deep work that we do. And we only take eight clients. Yes, it's already starting to fill up. Yes, this is an amazing opportunity for you to truly step into your greatest growth and healing and find that person within yourself that you have been just really wanting to connect with. I love this retreat, obviously. So that is the 4th through the 8th. We also have uh, Alaska coming up again. We'll be kayaking next to glaciers. Last year, we had a whale follow us from island to island. It was incredible. Uh, The glaciers fall and you can hear them cracking and like literally dropping into the water below. It's really amazing. 
that one in July and then also the San Juan Mountains in July. There's a retreat center up in the San Juan Mountains. It is three nights, four days. Now the San Juans is only women. The Alaska the Grand Canyon, and we are running one, myself and Michelle Mace Kieran down the Green River in Utah, April 30th through May 6th. If this interests you, if any of them interest you, they do include coaching prior to and post, except for the San Juan Mountains. That one does not. If any of these interest you, please message me. Let's get you in Sarah at sarahsholtoncrans.com. Now let's dive into Joan. This story, I mean, like it's mind blowing. So much of what we talk about in this, I didn't So when I'm guiding people through the canyon and through this work, I really believe in the power of letting it all unfold the way it is intended. I did not know that Joan had literally created an escape plan because she was like, yep, I I ain't doing this. Like, I'm not going down in. Um, Never had that happen. And yet she showed up at the rim. We, it was dark. Uh, It ended up being a lot more cold, windy, Uh, snow flurries than what we intended and because she stepped into and out of that space of fear because she stepped out of her comfort zone and into what was possible trusting herself trusting me trusting the team trusting the canyon we ended up watching the most epic and beautiful sunrise a mile and a half two miles down inside of that grand canyon like i have never witnessed before nature always gives us what we need right it is our responsibility, uh, our opportunity to listen, to receive, to have awareness about what it is that we are uh, to learn in that particular moment. There were microclimates everywhere happening at that moment. The sun was rising to the right. There were microclimates of rain and wind. And then we looked out to just before us, a little to the left, and there was this epic rainbow that came out of nowhere. And that really is metaphorical of life right? That is metaphorical of our living in our days, in our moments. I always say it's not about the destination. It's not even about the journey. It's about the moments within the journey and how we choose to live, to use our time in those moments. So I want you to grab your journals and listen to this. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Joan before I dive in though. So Joan is a chief human resources. Uh, she, she works actually for New Balance, which is what's so funny. She is the chief human resources officer for New Balance. And uh, she's just an epic woman. I mean, she is top level management. Um, she, she influences so many other people through the work that she does. And like I told her, by her stepping into the 2% and not the 98% of fear that so many of us step into, she then takes this into the world, into her family, into her friends, into her community, into New Balance. And she, that allowing herself to do that impacts not only herself, but the organization that she is actually working within as well and living within, whatever that is, within, within her community. And so that's why it's so important for us with everything that we do to be able to do it with intention and to also understand the impact that we have by making the choices that are best, not only for us individually at that moment, but then also in creation for others along the line as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I certainly did. I love you. I am so grateful that you are here. Again, go rate and review, go share on your social media. Let's get this into the world. I love you.
friends, my apologies. The audio on this particular episode is not the best. However, we decided to still launch it out for all of you because it is that good. So please grab your journals, listen to the entirety. And when it gets to be a little bit eh, funky, just remember that too shall pass. Joan, I am so excited to have you here. You and I are going to have an incredible conversation. Grab your journals, everybody, because this is one of the most inspirational, empowering incredible clients. I've been so blessed to guide through the Grand Canyon and Alaska. Like it's so awesome. So thank thank you you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invite. Certainly appreciate the opportunity. I first want to dive into who you are, Joan, the work that you do, what led you to me, why it's important that you are doing this work. And I need leaders everywhere to listen to this because you are the epitome of what we need more of in this world. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. So I am I'm Joan McRail. I'm first and foremost uh, a human. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today because I've really been thinking about and bringing into my life and my work what that means. Um, and what it means to be centered in that way. Beyond that, my most important role is that of a mother to my three daughters who are nearly grown now, uh, nearly uh, up and running independently, uh, but fortunately still around to, to a great extent. And I am also a people leader in that I'm the CHRO for New Balance Athletics in Boston. And while I'm, I am not representing New Balance in a formal capacity today, that role is such a critical part of my life. And so much of the work, Sarah, that you and I have done together is informing how I show up as mm-hmm. a leader at work. So I'll be looking forward to touching on some of that today as well. Yeah. I. The thing that I find... Well, first of all, I didn't even know that you were an HR exec you know this, right? Like this story is very funny. I didn't, I don't ask people their roles. I just, I, when I'm inviting people into the space for me to work with them, I look at you like you're a human being because that's what is most important to me. Right. And so it wasn't until, I don't remember where we were inside the Canyon. You said, Oh, I, I'm an H I asked you and you said, Oh, I'm an HR exec. And then I was like, Oh, later on, it was like, well, for, for where? And then you told me, and I was like, Oh my gosh, isn't it funny how you know, we have these roles in life that sometimes we allow them to identify who we are. And in reality, they don't. What identifies us for who we are is the human being within each one of us. And so it was very uh, fun to have you in that, uh, for me not to know, actually, I just loved it. Agreed. And I will say for me in that space, to have an opportunity to just come in as an individual and be really thoughtful about why I was there for me first and foremost, without any preconceived notion about my role or my background or profession, it was really liberating. And I think lends itself to uh, the work that you're able to do there as a result. Yeah. Labels, right? Right. And I think the best leaders are those that can strip themselves of all of the identities and get down to who they are and how they want to live. Because if we're not leading and living from our core values, our innermost self, that inner strength, that resiliency, who are we? You know, then we're we're leading and living according to society's rules and norms and everything else first, which that's not how we become the best leaders. I agree completely with that. 
Yeah, and admittedly, we'll say that I've that um, I'm not sure I always understood that. I didn't understand it either, to be honest with you. It took me until going through my challenges, my own setbacks and traumas for me to truly strip down to who I am. In fact, it was a LinkedIn post today uh, that I said that I wrote and it was um, something about why are we so, uh, what happens if we are so afraid of dying? And the whole thing was that we don't live. You know, and so we're always afraid of the what's going to happen next. But it's not only the death, I think, of life. It's the death of careers. It's the death of divorce. It's the, through divorce. It's the death of losing other people in our life. It's the death of what has happened these last two years, three years of the past and how we're never going to be able to go back to that. And it's yeah. creating this new space for us to be able to step into. And, uh, we forget that through death, there's also rebirth and getting down to that core of who we are in our challenges and our setbacks and our traumas. I think it's really important. I agree. Absolutely. I think it's also, Sarah, the death of what the potential and the possibility of who we can become. Yeah, I agree. So one of the things I know that you and I had talked about was whole human wellness and what that is. Um, and I love that term. So what does whole human wellness mean to you? Yeah, this has been such an interesting space when we talk about the, the world and how it's changed over the past several years. And I've really been looking at this through the lens of work and what it is to be supporting an organization from a wellness perspective. And I'll tell you, pre-pandemic, we certainly thought generally about the basics, right? Medical and dental and vision and spent a lot of effort and energy there, but more in the past few years thinking about, well, what does wellness look like from a physical, emotional, and financial perspective and really building out those offerings? But I will say what's come into real um, clarity for me and for the teams that I work with in the last couple of years are a couple of things. One is there is no one-size-fits-all solution. Mm. And so we had historically been offering a program for all and really started to think about what do people need at different life stages with different lifestyles and after meaningful life events, positive or negative, right? And how do we get begin to bring some of that in such that the benefits that we offer and the support we offer can be more individualized? And the other piece that I would add here, Sarah, that I think is really important and something, frankly, we hadn't been thinking a lot about is in the area of wellness and whole human wellness, right? We need to also be thinking about the environments that people are in and how they either contribute to or deplete, right? And so we can, for example, as an employer, offer an endless array of wellness options. But if at the end of the day, the environment where people are working is not healthy and not supportive. It doesn't matter how many yoga classes you take. That's a very metaphorical of something that I live by, which is so many times we get hurt if it is a cut, right? I'm just going to use a cut as an example. And we put a Band-Aid on it, okay? You just like put a Band-Aid on it without cleaning it out. Well, if you're not going to clean it out first and let it heal from the inside out and also make sure that you're continuing to take care of it, What's it going to do? It's not going to heal and it's only going, you're, it's going to manifest into something else. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that is 
something to really think about, not only though within the workplace, but it's within the home space too. No doubt. You can go out and do all, you can read all the books. You can do all the yoga classes. You can do all of the things. And if you're not going to implement it in your everyday, if it's within work, your home life, friends, family, what is it? Yes, agreed. And I will say if I, if I add to that as well, I think the other realization has been that we not only need to be offering these programs and be, be really thoughtful and considerate about the offerings in the environment, we need courageous leaders to step up and make it okay for people to show up as they are. You can have extensive programs and a greater array of programs for a a wide variety of individuals at different life stages, creating the space so that the environment is one that is conducive to wellness. But the other piece, the, the third leg, if you will, of that is making sure you have leaders who are leading courageously, authentically, and willing to really be, um, you know, transparent about their own prioritizing of their health and wellness and also the struggles that they face. I love the second part to that, the struggles that they face. Because what I'm finding, especially through social media, social media amped up big time through COVID, right? Yes. Through the pandemic. And the problem yes. with that is that not everybody was showing their struggles. It was how wonderful things were for them, how yes. they were you know, talking the walk, but they weren't truly walking it, which was showing their authenticity, their vulnerability. And to me, that's a huge piece also in our resilience, which is something that we need to tap into more with our heart, not always our mind. You and I were just talking about this off uh, off of this, off camera, Yes, is that we are not always working resilience through the whole human wellness scape. It's simply a mindset thing. We'll just get over it. We can work through this. We can, you have to sit in it too. There has to be that space of feeling the feels, understanding that this is a very difficult time and releasing the fact, all of the dreams that are not coming up, right. That are not happening or the way that things once were and are not today. There's so much more to it. Agreed. And I think if we go back to the environment for a moment, creating environments where people at all levels feel it's safe to do so, to really yeah. talk about uh, about their struggles and engage with others and ask for help in that way. And and historically, I don't think that has always been uh, the case or, or prioritized or understood um, to the extent that it is today. How much have you noticed it shifting and changing? Significantly so. Over the past couple of years, and I do think this is one of the advantages of the pandemic is that we cannot unsee what we've seen right into people's homes and into people's lives and into people's struggles to a significantly greater extent. And while that's certainly been painful, um, I do think it has created a space uh, for employers, individuals, communities to step into and to try and solve for. Can we use you as a little avatar? Is that okay? (laughs) A little model. You (laughs) bet. Do you mind? What, I want to know something here because you found me, right? And this, what brought you to actually start doing your own personal development as a leader, speaking to other leaders 
as yes. a mom speaking to other moms, as yes. a woman speaking to other women, as a woman speaking to men, everyone yes, brought you to the place of, I need to step into my own personal development and start doing some work for self. Yes. Yeah. So a couple of things I would say, I had the good fortune of a, of a direct connection and an executive coach that I work closely with who told me about you and about your programs. And we will have a laugh about that perhaps. And I know we already have on occasion. About, Doesn't that sound lovely? Gone to the Grand Canyon. Well, it was a little more than that. Um, but if I go, um, Sarah, to the question about what prompted me, I'd say a couple of things. One is I knew that in the role as the head of people in the um, company where I work, that I needed to really prioritize this and I needed to be the voice for associates globally. And in order to do that, I needed to do that from a place of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And the reality was I wasn't role modeling much of much of what I was advocating for and attempting to create space for. Um, and it was hard to deny that. And it was also scary to think about it. So how do you do that if you've had a near lifetime of putting on a game face regardless of where you are? And so for what, me, it's been a real, it's been a really interesting experiment. Oh, I, I I love the fact that you called it an experiment, by the way, because you've also had a lot of fun with it. I mean, yes. girl, you've had a lot of fun with this. <laughs> yes. I've had fun with you through this. What was the realization that you weren't walking the walk or that you weren't being as authentic and leading in the way that you wanted to? You know, I thought back at different points in my life and and more recently, in the last many years, I, I had a profound, um, a meaningful loss in the sudden passing of my significant other and the father of my children. And I'll share with you just in an abbreviated version that, you know, what I, what I found was a number of years following that event where I was really putting on a game face um, at home. And doing everything I could at home to give the impression that not that I wasn't grieving, but that I'm okay, therefore you're all okay, and mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. And it took a tremendous amount of energy to to um, really show up every day as if we've got this, we don't have anything to worry about. And I would often get in the car from my home where I've been putting on a game face, I'd have a window on my commute where inevitably almost every day I would cry all the way to work and I would wait in the parking garage until I could get myself together. And I had, you know, I had this down to a science with makeup wipes and other things. And I would uh, talk myself after a few minutes into let's get in there and put on the game face. And I would come in every day and I would do what I needed to do so that I could give the impression, at least this, this was something I put on myself. I've got this. There's nothing for you to worry about. I can do this job. Um, and really, really um, motivated by a feeling of fear that our, our challenges would be significant if I did not have a job um, at that point for sure. And then I would get in the car on the way home and I would cry again and do the same thing down the street from the house, clean up and get ready to go in. And um, I really thought about what would it look like 
if I were more authentic about the challenge and the struggle and to what extent would that serve me? But frankly, more importantly, to what extent would it give others permission to do the same? Uh, and ultimately, um, you know, that that was a motivating factor for me. I love you. You're tapping into something that I have been sitting with myself, which is how many people lead a resilient mindset, but they don't lead a resilient life, Mm -hmm. which means that they are doing exactly what you just said. They're putting on the face of, we're good. We got this. We got this. I hear this all the time. When somebody says to me, when I say, how are you doing? And they, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's okay. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, you are, there is some stuff to uncover there because we cover that up, right? And we cover that up because our brain can be so strong to say, we're good. Like we're good. We know how to push through. And then there's that space of how do we really lead from a place of authenticity, vulnerability, because we all go through stuff, every single human being. You're not any different than me. I'm no different than you. You're, we're no different than the listeners. Everybody is going through stuff. Some are huge challenges right now. Others have had huge challenges in their past or they will in their future. Doesn't right. matter. We all go through the things. And so, you know, approaching them from that mindset of, the resilience mindset instead of whole human is exhausting, by the way. Yeah. It catches up to you. For sure. So you come to the Grand Canyon. Can we tell the story? Yes. <laughs> yes oh, this for is sure. one of my favorite stories of all time. I want you to tell the story though, because you're the one that walked through it, not me. Uh, start <laughs> with where we were on the edge of the canyon that night the night before we hiked in? I'll start just before that with a call. You and I had a briefing and I, we were talking about the event and I did let you know, you know, I do. And in this, you know, I'm just meeting you. I want to appear composed and professional. And so I may have understated a bit. (laughs) Just a bit, Joan. I do have a bit of a fear of heights, Sarah. Um, I was looking online. I saw some pictures. Heights is going to be a thing and you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Oh, don't even, oh, don't even worry about that. You're going to be fine. And I thought, wow, she's so confident. She's done this so many times. You know what? I'm probably going to be fine. Fast forward, we get out there, a lovely group of women. I have not seen the canyon yet, but we're going to take a walk over. And only then do I realize like, oh my, we could all die here. And it's (laughs) likely we will. (laughs) I mean, what a moment. So while everybody else in the group was so excited over by the edge, looking over, I had just the strongest reaction, almost out of body experience, so overcome by fear um, that I couldn't get anywhere near where everybody else was. And then I walked over and I hugged you. You did. Yes. And isn't it funny at the time I was thinking back to the like, you know, keep a game face. I thought, oh my goodness, this woman doesn't even know me. She'll probably think I'm insane. But, but we just stayed and, um, and I just allowed myself to be 
supported by you in that moment. And I was so struck by my inability to, in that moment, feel like I was facing something that was going to be really um, hard to overcome. So I love moments like that because I I remember you were shaking. You yes. were, if that's okay for me to share. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you oh, yeah. Were like a leaf shaking. on a windy day. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I went, oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see. We got this. We got this. And then we went back to the room. We closed up at the at the rim. We walked back to the room and we're having dinner and you didn't come down to dinner. <laughs> no, I was packing my bag, Sarah. You really were. <laughs> she really was. And then she I did really tap was. in for a bit and I think I still have it somewhere. You have been talking about throughout our calls ahead, like the power of journaling and capturing your thoughts. And I thought, well, let me see if I can just talk myself down here. So I pulled out a little notebook and pen and found myself writing, these people are nuts. There is no way I'm dying here. <laughs> and while everybody else was at dinner, truly, and you know the story, I started Googling, you know, direct flights to San Diego and really contemplating how I could make the most of the week that I had already taken off without jeopardizing my life, right? <laughs> it was outrageous. Well, okay, so there's two things. I just laugh every single time that I hear this story because I remember sitting on the bed and all the girls looked at me and they said, maybe you should check on Joan. And I remember literally like putting my fork down and went, huh, nope, she's okay. I literally sat with it for a second and I could feel you. Like I could, I was like, nope, she's okay. She's working through her stuff. I'll check in on her in a little bit. And I had no idea, though, that you were actually no, searching, up. researching, yes. packing up. Yeah. No packing up. Well, yeah. Okay. So I want to share something here, though. Note. Okay. Note something. So you went from this experience of I'm literally at the edge where you were shaken like a leaf and facing your greatest fear, which was also an opportunity to step into your resilience, not just from your head, but from your heart, allowing others to hold you, hold space for you, work with you, coach you, guide you, really like those inner saboteurs, right? And that uh, imposter syndrome and working through all of that. And then you go back to your room and you went back to your old way, which was, yeah. I'm going to mindset this and I'm just, just going to leave. Right. I'm the most logical thing. I don't have to, to crack open. Totally. Totally. I thought, well, that's enough. That was enough. Um, my work here is done. I'm out. <laughs> and then, okay, then the story continues. That night, and I tell everybody, I say, okay, we're no matter what, we're going to watch the sunrise inside of the canyon. Like that is a must. And so I said, regardless of the fact, show up at my room at, I think it was like 3.30 or 4 in the morning because it was, early. It was super early because the sunrise was coming up really early at that time of the year. And I said, we're going to put our things into the car. We're going to head to the, you know, we got a taxi picking us up. We're going to the trailhead and we're going to start down in. Well, I wake up at like midnight, okay, to the strongest winds, to rain, uh, sleet. It was the craziest weather out there. And I thought, oh, shit. I literally like, that was what I was thinking to myself. 
Mother Nature is giving us what we need every single time. I don't understand what it is that this group needs right now, but even I'm a little like, are we seriously going to go watch the sunrise inside of the canyon? Uh, at this point, I didn't realize that you had already told your roommate what. <laughs> well, I thought it would be the courteous thing to do to let my lovely roommate know that I would be gone in the morning. And then I meant no offense to her or anybody else. She shouldn't take it personally. I would still plan to connect with her on LinkedIn. I hope she was coming out of the canyon along with the rest of you crazy ladies. Yeah, I mean, I had it all covered. And then you show up and then you decide, nope, I'm going to show up. So you were, what was the percentage of you being like, I'm out, I'm out? Hands down, 98%. 98%. I'm and out. You, and you stepped into the 2% and you showed up at the door that morning with the rest of the women. At this point, remember, I don't know that you're like 98% <laughs> out. I, I'm always like, I was just like, go ahead, Joan. Like, I'm glad you're yeah. here. <laughs> Everything is great. Yeah. Um, totally. So, so, which, you know, is also shows you that you have had this mindset way of being right. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm not going to, I got this, uh, which that's like, that's the mindset. Like don't show that yeah. space. Right. So then you do show up and we go to the rim and it's dark and it starts snowing. <laughs> and it was the yeah. most. And the wind is whipping. Whipping. And the snow is like, going sideways and you know it was the craziest thing yeah and, and and eliana and i were like no we got you guys we're good we're we women are great we got this we know what we're doing and so we start heading down in at the dark it was literally dark out and oh it was, it was pitch dark it was yes pitch dark right well, Headl there were clouds headlamp yep yeah and then we get down in about a mile and a half in and we watch what? Do you remember? Sunrise. The sunrise, that incredible yeah. sunrise. Unbelievable. It was an incredible sunrise. And the, the, the coolest thing for me was witnessing all of those microclimates that were in the canyon. I've never seen anything like it. There were more microclimates hitting in the canyon that day than I've ever seen in my life from the rainbow that showed up rainbow was that unreal. rainbow was unreal and and yeah like the and what i was um saying to all of you and please jump in as well was we got to go through that darkness we got to face yeah. what scares us most in order to experience the other side the light the beauty and all that comes with it absolutely and the other thing you had talked quite a bit about is in moments of fear and uncertainty, take the step, yeah. just take the next step, right? And so it was really that, really that morning and beyond where um, I thought, well, I don't have to say that I'm, I'm not yet committed to going. I'm only committed to the next step, whether yeah. it's the literal step or the, I'll meet them at the room, I can turn back at X, Y, Z. And there was something also about that so much so that as we started down into the canyon, I was really just repeating in my head one strong, confident step at a time. And I just repeated it over and over until I got to a point where I was comfortable enough where it wasn't necessary. But the number of times, Sarah, since then, when I feel like I'm in a moment 
in my life that I need just the courage for the next step, I remember that. And it, I, I can't tell you how much that served me. So I thank you for that. Well, I loved having you there. It was just such, it was such a gift. And then you show up in Alaska, which is, <laughs> she kept going. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go to Alaska. And by the way, I've never camped. And then we had those incredible, we, we actually were on a kayak together um, in the bay in the whiteout. So literally it was like all fog and there was so many peaceful moments in that fog. And it's again, another metaphor for life. Yes. Yeah. That was an amazing trip as well. How do you use this? So now you've done this work yourself um, as a leader, as a woman, as a mom, how has it transformed your life? This is really important because I think so many of us don't take the time for self-care. They don't, we don't take, or we'll do self-care because, and we'll go do our nails. Well, okay, that's great. You got to do the inner work. And so how has this transformed the way that you live. Yeah, it has and significantly work. so. Yeah, both in both in in work, life and all in all elements of my life for sure. And one I think is really grounded in, you know, quite honestly, prior to the canyon, I don't know that I even had um an understanding of how I was operating largely not from the outside looking in necessarily, but the reality was largely from a place of surviving and responsibility and checking the boxes to a place of truly living um, and uh, seeking adventure and joy. And so coming out of the canyon, having had that experience, really prioritizing that was the first critical step. Where do I need to look for adventure? And where do I, and that doesn't have to be big. I mean, it was big in the canyon. It was big in Alaska. But where do I have an opportunity to take a, a walk in the woods or a jog around the neighborhood or whatnot? Um, in addition to that, in the role that I have, I have so much opportunity to narrate and storytell and bring voice to what people are struggling with. And it's it has been really interesting to see as I've been willing to be more vulnerable in terms of my own experience, um, the permission that creates uh, for other folks. And, and that's been tremendously rewarding. So I'm gonna share a framework with you that I literally just shared with my one of my groups that I lead online. I haven't shared this with anybody, but in the speaking work that I'm doing, it's the framework of what it is to go from being this victim of our circumstances, because so many of us, we are, we're, we're, victi we're victims all sort of all sorts of stuff all the time. And that word, unfortunately, I think is used in a, uh, not a neg in, in more of a negative way, which actually, I would agree. I, yeah. I think it's actually a very positive term when we can flip the script and get a good perspective on it. Because when we have our setbacks and our challenges and our traumas, we have this, uh, this, incredible opportunity to step into growth and our resilience. So we all have that, right? Like we've been victims of the last two years of, I mean, just so much stuff that's going on right now, the recession, just everything, career loss, job loss, whatever, so many sure. things. And then we have that space where, which you just mentioned, you were surviving. 
Now, this is this is where it gets really interesting. I want people to listen to this and then also share your own space too, Joan, because I can watch your journey and uh, I see this space with you. So oftentimes we are a survivor for others, but we're not a survivor for ourselves, And we're putting everybody else first, but we're not implementing that space within who we are as a human being outside of and within the experiences that we have lived through those difficult times. And then we have that space also, which I'll make this framework public at some point. Yeah. When I start you know, when I get it trademarked, cause it's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, and then we also have that space of, of, and if we're not a survivor for others, we have also these times in our life where we are only surviving for ourselves. Mm. You're only stepping into that space of just me, right. And blocking out the entire other part of the world out of our own traumas uh, because of what we have lived through. Maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's out of, you know, fear of judgment, fear of what's next, for so many of us, that's our survival state, right? Like f- fight, flight, or fear. And in your own life, I bet that you can probably find times where you were a survivor for others or you were a survivor for yourself. Uh, but then the space of thriving, which is what you're in, which is exactly what you were just talking about. And yeah. the space of thriving is when you're taking that space of, I was a survivor for others. I've been a survivor now for myself where I've done that personal development. I've faced those fears. I've worked through the things that have held me back, imposter syndrome, saboteurs, whatever. And now I'm using it to help others. And when we are in that space of thriving, it's that creation of life. That's where we live our most bold life. That's where we can step into that greatest space of leadership to live, to lead, to learn, to do all of the growth that is not only impacting our life, but is creating a better world. Spot on. Ah, there you go. That's why I got to get this thing trademarked before I shove it out there. Uh, There's so much in, I, I know like and the reason I love asking this question of of people who have been doing this work is because the other important thing to do is to reflect on how far that we've come and also give ownership and honor those important moments like you did, which like literally that 2%. Can you imagine if you hadn't stepped in? Right. What, can you imagine? Right. Look at what that yeah. courage did. And what what that's led to, right, not only in my own experience and my own confidence and my ability to overcome something that felt really big, right? But if I think about the network and the connections and the relationships um, that continue, um, it, it really just continues to have a compounding effect, which has been amazing. How has this resilience, how has all of this work that you have done, uh, how has that impacted where you see yourself going mm. and what you're going to do with this? Because, you know, yeah. I, 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 I've shared with you my thoughts <laughs> on, off, off this. I have shared you my thoughts. I'm like, girl, you got book in you. Time <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a couple of things. One is at its mo- at, in the most basic way, I think about um, I have some time to make up for in the way of just really thinking about where am I incorporating fun and adventure and joy? And I don't want to give the impression there was none of that 
but there could be a lot more of that, right? And so I I am interested and I do have the luxury of being at a point in my life where I can prioritize that, which is uh, really fun and exciting. I also really recognize that the the fuller my cup, for example, the better a leader I will be for my family and the better leader I will be for the company that I work for, the people that I interact with. I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I think it's Jim Collins who talks about who luck and mm-hmm. the people who come into our lives and how lucky and fortunate we are uh, to meet some of the folks that we do. I certainly think about that through the lens of all the folks I've met, yourself included, Sarah, and through your programs and others. But I also really think about, you know, to what extent does the work I'm doing on my own behalf allow me to be uh, someone that others think about in that way, right? And and what does that look like um, in an environment? If for, in my role, it certainly can be one-on-one, but working in a global organization that employs over 9,000 people, I do think about what is my obligation relative to the opportunity that I have uh, to support that uh, that associate base, and what yeah. could that look like? I, 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 you are such a model for others, and it's. I really, really want every person to understand, if anything at all, that we are all leaders in our life. I don't care what you know, quote title you have, you are a leader in your life. And some of us are silent leaders, which is great. Some of us are more vocal leaders, which is great. We need everything. The most important thing is waking up every morning. And my dad and I talk a lot about this and walking the walk and being a leader in those steps in your own life. And how am I going to live it? What does it look like for me? According to my values, my true north and how I want to actually ultimately leave this earth. Like we're all going to pass at some point. And so what is the message that we want to give when we are at, or what is the medicine? Actually the words are, what is the message that I want to gift to this world when I take that last breath? Yeah. Nothing matters more than that. Nothing matters more than that. Yeah. So I want to respect your time. And I also want to, uh, leave you with a question, which is going to, it's a really pondering one. What would you say, there's, it's a two part. What would you say to the woman, the former version of you prior to doing all of this work? What would you say to her? Oh, that is a good question. You always have good questions, Sarah. You know, Um, I'm a podcast host. (laughs) (laughs) You are. I mean, there's that. I am a coach. I do all the wonderful things. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'd say, um, I'd say to the prior version of me, it's okay not to not be okay. Mm. It's okay, right? That is the human experience. And to the point that you made earlier, who do you know that has not experienced some, you know, turbulence and challenge in life? And uh, and not only that, it's okay to not be okay, it's okay and more than okay to ask for help. And in doing so, you're actually helping others. And um, I wish that I had learned that 
earlier in my life. Uh, and so that's the guidance I would give. I I feel the same on that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, there's so many times where I, at 49, I'm like, I wish I would have known that a lot earlier, but here's the thing. And here's the thing. You had to go through all of that to get to where you are. So my next question is, what would you say to the future version of you, the woman mm-hmm. who is taking her last breath? And uh, what would you say to her? Yeah, I'd say stay in the 2%. Ah, I don't. Okay, can we just like mic drop, mic drop on that, mic drop on that. Stay in the two percent, Mike. I mean, seriously, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Push through and stay in the two percent, even if getting there is one strong, confident step at a time. That's all it requires. I'm lucky and blessed to know you. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at jpalasuelos. Um, I'm always reachable through New Balance and spend a good amount of my time here. I'm privileged to do so. Um, and folks could always reach out to you. I might be away on one of your adventures <laughs> from off the grid. There are there are a few good ones coming up, by the way. Uh, and LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn too. I know. We oh, can... and of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I sure. connected with you on LinkedIn. Yeah. I I cannot thank you enough for coming onto this and for allowing me, trusting me truly through that one hug, there was a big shift and that's a big deal. People need to also understand that one hug can shift everything. And, uh, and I want to, I want to thank you for trusting my guidance through all of this, because it's been a tremendous honor to have been that person. Sarah, thank you. You're who luck for me. And the work you're doing matters tremendously. It's mattered to me. It's had a ripple effect in my life. And I I know the impact that you're having on so many others as well. So keep living your best life uh, because the world needs more of it. Mm. As I always say before we head down in, amen and aho. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. I appreciate you being here, Joan. Thank you so much. Bye now. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahsholtencrans.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.